0: That time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 471 for January, what is it, January 10th, 2017. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Micah Sargent. Michael lists his credentials as a tech enthusiast, a graphic designer, and a aspiring polymath. And I don't know what that is, as well as senior editor (laughs) at Mobile Nations and podcaster at Relay FM, the incomparable Integrate FM, and iMore. Clearly, Mike is our people, but I know him as uh, I'm not allowed to be on Clockwise unless Mike is also on Clockwise, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's uh, written in both of our contracts, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think so. We've had so much fun, and we actually ran into each other at CES and said, hey, we should do a podcast together.
1: Yeah, that was really exciting. We were uh, both at one of the kind of pre-CES events looking around, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Allison. <laughs> so it was really a pleasure to finally get to meet you in person. Out of the blue, uh, I saw that you were at CES from a photo that you had taken, and I uh, immediately was like, all right, I'm going to keep my eyes posted. I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, at CES to, to see people. Um, There's just I, I, a few there. Right. You know, just what was it? The the ride show people always love to tell us like how many people are there. And I think, oh, my goodness. Uh, Multitudes of
0: thousands, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Certainly more than one hundred thousand. I think (laughs) I think it was like 200 K, but I'm not positive. So don't quote me on that. I actually
0: (laughs) ran into Steve and I ran into a guy we'd met on a cruise in Australia.
1: What? Wait, in Australia?
0: (laughs) Yeah, this guy just happened to be there, and it was really funny because he happened to be on the phone. And so we saw him where we were like, hey, and he just kind of points at his phone, like, I can't talk to you right now. And that was it.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. See, and uh, I've become good friends with Christina Warren, who used to work at Mashable Uh and um, works at Gizmodo now. And. she she is always or she was there, and I didn't even get a chance to see her. I mean, there's so many people there, and and we're all kind of like in our own little bubbles doing our own little things. So it's, it's really hard to to find some time to meet up. But uh, fate had it in the cards, and we got a chance to see each other. So that was really cool.
0: Well, I was excited because I'd been thinking uh, for the last uh, week or so about an article that you wrote on IMORE where you were talking about using AirPods as your your uh, controller for your connected home. And then you sort of got into talking a little bit about uh, the Siri and Alexa. And by the way, do we need to come up with safe words here?
1: Oh, man. Oh, boy. You're I know that's right. that's all the
0: rage. But, you know, here's a really funny thing that I've talked about a couple times here. I have only had Siri uh, kicked off by somebody else once, and it was a female podcaster. Really. So what that says to me is that all I'm hearing are male podcasters, male tech podcasters, saying it, and it never triggers my phone. But Siri is listening for a woman's voice on my phone.
1: Ah, that, see, that makes sense. I, I don't. I hardly ever listen to podcasts out loud. Um, if I'm listening to them, they are directly piped into my. Ear holes, So uh, usually it's not an issue where uh, Siri or Alexa gets triggered. However, I do have an Alexa dot in my room that's right behind me. Oh, and shoot. she totally just lit up and was like, what do you want from me?
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm going to I'm going to ping Steve and ask him to bring mine up because I did mean to have it plugged in here while we were talking. Um, let's see. Can you bring me the Echo Dot and charger? That makes good audio.
1: There we go. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, I think that's what I will. Let's uh, definitely call it Echo, simply because mine will not respond to that. But Siri's fine, as long as we don't say that H word behind it.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. So um, anyway, uh, talk first about your article about what you said about using AirPods to control uh, your Siri.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, whenever AirPods were first announced, I thought they were pretty cool, but it wasn't something that I was, you know, super jazzed about. I love the, I have these Bose headphones that I, or earphones that I take with me when I go on trips and things like that. They're noise canceling. They're fantastic. And at home, I like to use, you know, big, comfortable headphones. Mm. Um, but the, the fully wireless nature of AirPods really excited me, but that was about it. And plus it's like Apple's latest, greatest technology. So anyway, I ordered them because I mean I work for a tech publication that focuses on Apple, um, and I knew that I wanted to have them for that. Uh, So I got them, and you know I kind of pulled them out of the case. Everything was using them and listening to music, and the you know the connection just as I said was really quick. Yada yada yada. But then I realized that these little plugs were essentially my like. Control, like my remote control to my smart home, and no matter where I was in my house, even if I was away from my echo um, which I have two in my home uh, what even if I was away from my echo, I could still control my home and it was just like this cool little thing where it felt very futuristic where it was very what 's that movie her mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and you know it 's in my ear and i 'm talking to it to control all of the different stuff that 's at my house, and I just thought that that was super Nerdy, but also super, super neat. Uh, Nerdy and neat are synonymous in my world.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As, As in mine.
1: Good, good. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically it, is that I, you know, suddenly had this realization that uh, Siri was with me everywhere, truly and completely. Because, you know, they say, you know, kind of say Siri is with you wherever you go, as long as you have your phone with you. But what if my phone is in the other room, and I happen to be in the garage, which is away from both my Echo and my phone? Um, miraculously, I could still get the Bluetooth connection there, and I uh, just had a little ear pod in my ear. So I just like walk around the house and feel like um Mickey Mouse in the like, is pre fantasia isn't that what happens like <laughs> right before fantasia where he's got the he's got the wizard's hat and he's just making all of these brooms and things dance around that's yeah, yeah. how it
0: <laughs> So um, th- this is exactly what I wanted to get into what I've been trying to figure out people love echo they just love it i mean people are crazy about it and i have several friends who have uh, iPhones, they have iPads, and in one case has an Apple Watch, and they've told me, "Wow, ever since I got Echo, I could just, I just yell out something for her to do." <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm going, "You got it on your wrist." So, so my Echo lives in the in the uh, in the kitchen. Steve has now brought it up upstairs to be beside me. But as soon as I'm not in the kitchen, she can't do anything for me. But my watch is with me, obviously, all the time. My phone is with me 95% of the time. So what I'm trying to figure out is, did, did, did Amazon do something um, different in the way the software works? Or is it just, it, it, what is it that makes people think, wow, this is crazy amazing when they had it for the last couple of
1: years? You know, I think because uh, we kind of chatted about this a little bit beforehand. I've tried, I've been trying to think about it, and I honestly think that the reason that people are so kind of flabbergasted, taken aback, whatever you want to say about Amazon Echo and why it, it, you know, it kind of strikes them so much is honestly like one of its greatest benefits, but also one of its greatest limitations. And that is the fact that with this device, there is no screen, there's no other interface other than your voice. And so when you get this device, you are already signing up, you're, you know, you're signing the contract that says, I understand that the only way to really interface with this device, yes, you can use the app, but the, the main way, the, the you know, 95% of the time that you're going to interface with this device is with your voice. Now, we had iPhones before we ever had Siri, and we used them, and we got used to them, and, you know, it was muscle memory for doing all of these things with our fingers and tapping and tipping and, you know, typing away, but you buy an Echo Dot or a full-on uh, Amazon Echo, and you plug it in, and you know that that's what you're supposed to do with it, is use your voice to control it. Uh, and so I think... It's its primary
0: purpose, not its yeah. secondary add-on, we didn't tell you about this at the beginning thing.
1: Exactly, exactly. And also because of the fact that you cannot ever, uh, like, or well, it cannot ever kind of like Uh, toss things away to a screen, unlike Siri, which can. Siri could say, okay, I have no idea what the heck you're saying to me. So here's some stuff I found on the web for you. And, you know, she has the fallback or it has the fallback to go to the screen to show you information. Uh, Echo, you kind of like, you either are successful or you try again or you give up and so
0: well well, wait a minute no 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 because uh i i had echo do that just yesterday um we just i wanted to experiment with the shopping list because people love saying um hey blankety blank uh add this to my shopping list (laughs) and so steve and i were screwing around and we were adding all kinds of silly things that we didn't want on there and then i thought well maybe i'd really want to use it so i said uh i said okay uh delete or remove blah, blah, blah from my shopping list. And she came back and she said, yeah, get out your phone.
1: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I've had that a bunch of times where I try to use a skill or something and it says, yeah, you have to get out your phone to enable that skill. You have to get it. And now that's it's fascinating. Like, you know, OK, fine. Yeah, that's I might get to so that disappointing. later. Disappointing.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. Cause I mean you so it's interesting you say I've never had it kick me to my phone before, so I must not be, you know, taking it to its limits. <laughs> well I uh, certainly so am not. Because
0: I get I get exhausted as soon as I hear that. It's like, oh, because I go into the phone and it says, Here's some suggested skills for you and it's all about music. And and I'm like, oh, well, boy. you know, I don't listen to music, so you're not helpful to me. <laughs> That's the other thing. There people are really excited it can play music.
1: Really? Which did you know your right. phone does that? Yeah, your phone does that, your computer does that, you probably have a speaker somewhere in your house that does that. Yeah, the music thing never was exciting to me because – a it you know the, if you have the full size one the speakers aren't that great so I will admit that I have been using the music feature a lot with the dot because I have it connected to some nice speakers that are in my office okay. and that's been um, a very pleasurable experience being able to kind of uh, not have to worry about uh, controlling all of that on my computer or, you know I just let it kind of play in the background and it's it's across from my desk um, which is is it's nice. And it kind of sits over there and it does its own thing and it's separate from everything else that I'm doing. So, so they're just music-
0: saying, uh, okay, let me let me go into Bluetooth settings and try to get my jam box to connect and blah blah and they get tired and leave. Exactly. Yes. It's
1: it's all about us like finding this fatigue. But yeah, I mean, so that's interesting that it is kicking you out to your phone because I really do think that or I thought at least that was one of the main um, boons of the uh, Echo is the fact. I mean, I guess still, though it is less likely to be able to rely on some sort of uh, AI versus just using your voice. And so, yeah, I, I think, honestly, the main point and the main factor here is that this device is primarily a vocal interaction. And, you know, people just just know that. They know that that's what they're supposed to do. That's the first thing they think. And maybe they are not necessarily thinking that with their iPhone. I mean, even still today... I I don't know about you, but I don't really use Siri for a whole lot. I use it to set alarms every once in a while when I'm too lazy to just, you know, flip the switches inside. I use it to uh, set timers and things like that. But I don't use Siri in the way that I use Alexa, which is, oh, doggone it, I said it again. Never mind, <laughs> which is to control a lot of the devices in my home. So
0: I, I do yeah. want to get back to that. But uh, on the timers, uh, Dave Hamilton of the Mac Geekab mentioned something th- that I hadn't thought about is with Siri, you can set a timer. You can't set timers. You get one. And as soon as you we, set another one, it stops the first one. Really? Yes. Yeah.
1: And and, uh,
0: Alexa will let you do several of them. Um, I do use, uh, I use Siri a lot for things like um, somebody just pointed out to me and I didn't realize it for a really long time is it's the easiest way to tell the Apple watch to start a workout. Cause you can say, Hey, Shlomo um, start an open outdoor walk or start a 46 minute outdoor walk. Steve and I are engineers. So we walk for, we exercise for exactly 46 minutes, not 45, 46. And, um, and so i use it all the time or i'm going to go hey i'm going to do a, i want a 40 minute elliptical and and it it uh, automatically does that for me instead of the swipe and tap and swipe and tap and swipe and tap that's a nightmare on the uh, on the apple watch
1: oh wow that 's interesting the another um, this is a little off topic, but just to kind of go with that being very precise thing uh pro tip about uh, airpods is you know a lot of people have been complaining about the the audio having to be controlled using our dear friend Siri. Well, you can actually uh ask Siri to set to a specific percentage of of volume. So you can say, you know, set the volume to 62% as opposed to just saying turn it up or turn it down where it kind of jumps up and jumps down. So that's kind of nice. Um, I've been having
0: trouble with with that on... um, I use Pocket Cast to listen to podcasts and I finally figured out what was going wrong with it. And I think it's actually Pocket Cast fault. If you do Siri either from the AirPods or directly from your phone, if you say uh, rewind, you know, 30 seconds... No matter what you say, it rewinds the amount that's in that quick rewind button that you've set. Hmm. So my quick rewind is 15 seconds. My fast forward is 45 seconds. If I say uh, uh, rewind one minute, it goes back 40, uh, 15 seconds.
1: You you should totally uh, after this you should totally shoot me that information because I'm actually pretty good friends with Russell Ivanovich oh, who's the guy who excellent. runs the show over at uh, Pocket Cast. Yeah, oh, I love fabulous. I love Pocket Casts as well and uh, use that for my podcast listening. Um, Oh goodness! I was going to say something about uh, our dear friend uh, the the Echo, uh, but it is escaping me at the moment. But it has well, to do with uh, with HomeKit stuff. Well,
0: let me let me bring up one other thing. Um, uh, Father Robert Balliser from Twit was interviewing Lindsay Turntine from C uh, from CNET, and she said something interesting that really struck me. And it's kind of along the lines of what you were saying about why uh, the Echo is really taken off. Is that it's a physical object, and that's somehow cemented in people's brains. How, why it's there, and what it does—that that, that it, it was something concrete people can connect to. Again, Ooh. even these people who had iPhones and iPads and Apple Watches, the fact that they can see it and touch and hold it, they know what that means. And she thinks that that's going to cause a halo effect back into the series, and and well, and Google Home is a physical object as well.
1: A totem, it is yeah, a totem. <laughs> yeah,
0: perfect, it's... perfect explanation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that. That's why you know Google Home and now with the um, with the dash but or not dash buttons but the dots you know you can buy those personalization like they're you know they're little fabric rings or whatever that you can put around the outside um, and I really do think we we kind of start to treat these devices as little you pets can dress them. Little- <laughs> yes, you can dress them, which is just hilarious. And like, I, I, I'm ashamed, but also not ashamed. Totally, secretly proud to admit that I dress my pets like what it's cold outside, and I want to do the same for my little, um, my little Amazon creature. Yeah, and
0: I crochet. Would you like me to make one for your dog?
1: <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. It's like the best birthday present. Um, but I mean, when you think about it. I was actually having a conversation not too long ago. Um, I, I can't remember who this was with, but we were both talking about some of the shenanigans we had gotten up to with the Echo in terms of kind of thinking of it as a real Person, oh, I remember what it was. So I um, always get like this. It's it's so silly, but I always get this weird pride when the Echo is able to recognize and understand my voice commands, but fails to recognize and understand my boyfriend's voice commands. And it's like it loves me more than it loves him. And uh a friend of mine was talking about how uh, he had asked it to do something, and then you know he was showing he was trying to give a demo to a friend of his, and the friend kind of like cut into his demo and just you know had figured it out, understood what was going on, and tried it himself and it worked and he said i'm really ashamed to admit it but i had this pang of jealousy where, <laughs> where the device was actually like helping out my friend instead of it's me like having your so,
0: dog run to the other person instead of oh, you.
1: oh that is just heartbreaking i do not want to think about that so like, guess it works the same way here but yeah i think you're absolutely i think they're absolutely right about this being an object that we connect to whereas Siri is this ambiguous thing that exists in the spirit world that we, you know, we have not yet found a physical manifestation for, other than that like floating waveform. But again, that's still like this digital thing versus I can look back and see that uh, my dear Amazon pal is behind me or it's in the living room. Um, I have two totems for uh the Amazon Echo. So yeah, I wish that, I agree. that the uh,
0: that the echo made a noise when she was listening i I like the little noise that Siri makes and i and I think about um if you're blind, you don't know if she's listening until you ask her something and and she responds or doesn't. I mean she tends to be pretty sensitive so she's she does seem to respond more often when you're not actually talking to her than the other way around
1: um if I'm not mistaken i'm I'm double checking right now to make sure, um, but I'm fairly certain there is a setting uh oh. that allows you to turn on um you can have a sound at the beginning and at the end. Oh, uh, it's Let's under see, sounds
0: and notifications. There we go. Yes,
1: under sounds and notifications, and all the all the way at the bottom. There's request. Start of request. Sounds.
0: Look at that.
1: I have mine turned on for the start of the request, and I just have it turned off for oh. the end of the request.
0: Well, look at that. I'm, i you know apparently looking at this app is what they really want me to do.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> hey what's that all about i thought we just did it with our voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah really
0: uh oh so we, you have three choices by the way for the, her name it can be A-L-X-E-A, alexa and e-c-h-o but it can also be amazon i didn't know oh. that i thought there were only two so, so did
1: I. I thought it was just alexa oh shoot i said it again and she's <laughs> listening okay.
0: no, none of the women's uh just turned on there you go. <laughs> so let's get into home automation a little bit. How much, how much home automation do you have going in your in your house?
1: Ah, oh, this is one of those things where I like make my voice super quiet and I mumble the answer because it's embarrassing because it's a lot and I oh, just do <laughs> I have
0: so
1: I have you know, so that, many. In, in
0: our world, that makes you really
1: awesome it's not embarrassing remember you're not talking to muggles here you're talking to your this is people true. this these are my people you don't all are braggart. my <laughs> oh man so i have um i have quite a few uh phillips hue lights that i've built up over time um i i have like i don't know i want to say like 15 phillips hue bulbs altogether. together oh, wow, wow. Um, we have three I, and two of them work oh no what ha- what happened to the third I, one i don't know i don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I've got um an August smart lock that's HomeKit enabled. Mm-hmm. Um I have a an Eve switch that actually is like an in-wall switch.
0: Oh, we um, interviewed the that's uh Elgato, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Those Elgato. look really cool. It's super slick. Um my only disappointment is that it is it doesn't it's not a dimmer, um, mm. which you know is it's not a huge problem. They but sell it one would
0: of everything expensive. though. When we interviewed, and they all look exactly alike, so you got to put stickers on them, I think, to tell what they are. Every single one of them was a, a small, rounded rectangle, maybe two or three inches on side and a side, and a three quarters of an inch thick, and they looked exactly the
1: same. That's hilarious, and they all look like um, HomeKit bridges. Like yeah. if you have devices that have bridges, so you you'd get those and your bridges confused. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The the like. In home sensor and the outdoor weather sensor, all of them look the same. But um, I've got the, the oh, Eve. But the other good, the
0: other good thing about Eve, uh, and we'll talk about this when we do the interview, is that uh, when we play the interview, is that there's no hub. And you brought that yes. up. And I was, it, one of the things I was really worried about was it looked like every company was going to have a hub. I was going to have to buy a twenty four port switch. And build a closet and my, my router's in my bedroom, so I'd end up with this huge cabinet in my bedroom to, uh, to accommodate it. So I was really excited to see people are going, okay, now people have, uh, either they have Echoes or they have Google Home or they have an Apple TV, so we don't have to do that.
1: Yeah, and there are there are pluses and minuses there, uh, benefits and pros and cons. That's the term I was looking for, okay. uh, because a lot of times when you have a bridge, it's going to make for a more responsive system. Uh, things will work a lot quicker mm-hmm. because the the connection is maintained as often as your Wi-Fi, as lo- often as your internet is maintained. You will have the connection uh, to those those devices. Now with um, these you know hubless or bridgeless devices. Devices, they are using Bluetooth Low Energy and depending on the settings tied to the Bluetooth Low Energy and the Wi-Fi um, those connections can drop and it's just a you know save power and conserve energy and it causes a delay so if you ever run into an issue where you open the home app on iOS and you see like there's uh, you know having trouble connecting or I can't think exactly what the thing is but shows up in red text and it uh, basically means that there's no connection that's the problem is is it, it, it it? Oh, it's no response are the words. So, yeah, that's uh, tied oh, look, to the my fact. light
0: bulbs are my Hue light bulbs are saying no response right
1: now. No way. See, that shouldn't be happening because it's supposed to be bridge. Um, Yeah. yeah,
0: Oh, actually, yeah, that's great. That's the one that does have a
1: bridge. (laughs) (laughs) But everything else is fine. But I've actually found that the Eve um, does a really good job. Elgato Eve does a really good job of maintaining connection. Um, iDevices is one that I have seen, uh, at least in the past. Their latest firmware updates have made it a little bit better uh, with connection. But if you ever run into those issues, um, other than what you're experiencing right now with you, which is uh, a little disappointing. But uh, typically, it's tied to the fact that they don't have a bridge, which means that they're using um, a mixture of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi to make those connections. But anywho, I have those. I have Elgato. I've got um, a couple Caseta. Um, I haven't heard of that. From So Lutron uh, is like a old-school light manufacturer. They make, you know, uh, switches and plugs and things like that. Um, but they also now make a, a caseta line, which is a smart connected line that does use a bridge. And so they're in-wall dimmers, um, and they have in-wall switches, and uh, they have this thing. You can plug it into the wall, and it's actually a dimmer. And you just plug a lamp into it. Uh, so I have a couple caseta switches um, in my home, in my dining room, and in my bedroom. And then I also have um, a bunch of <laughs> – I've been testing and uh, using a bunch of different um, just regular Wi-Fi plugs. So I've got a couple from iDevices. I've got a couple from Elgato. you mean Elgato. By Wi-Fi plugs? Uh, well you plug it in and then it connects and then you can, you know, plug something into it. So I've got like a humidifier plugged in. I've got, um, Oh, oh, oh.
0: I, okay. So I'll, you shove it in the outlet and then it gives you another outlet right into it. And, and then, uh, you can connect to that device wirelessly.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. And then last but not least, I have a motion sensor that I have set up in my garage. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, that's all of the various stuff that I have. I didn't hear about
0: and, any, uh, security cameras.
1: Oh, goodness. I do have that, but it's not HomeKit. And so I don't think of it as a a real thing. All the rest of these are HomeKit. Yes. Everything else that's uh, in my house is HomeKit except for the Nest camera, which um, sadly I, you know, I give. Oh, I also have the, um, um, goodness, what's it called? The Ecobee thermostat, smart thermostat. Oh, that one looks fun. Oh, it is. If you if you get a smart thermostat, everyone who's out there listening and you use iOS, do not get the nest. I tell you again, do not get the nest. The EcoBee smart thermostat is fantastic for multiple reasons not only because it's home kit enabled but also because it comes with little room sensors that you put into separate rooms and then it uses those to determine temperature and occupancy and so instead of you know like you you say your your uh, thermostats in your hallway so right there's where it's sensing the temperature it says it's 70 uh degrees but your bedroom might be like 64 degrees because it's yes, on the, that you know, is the my bottom problem. floor Except right?
0: it's downstairs that I'm freezing to death because the thermostat's upstairs. Going, upstairs. yep, it's balmy
1: up here. <laughs> and so these room sensors, it takes temperatures wherever you put it, and the temperature of your thermostat, and it averages them, and that is the the temperature that you're setting whenever you set the thermostat. So if you say you want it at seventy, it makes sure that uh, you know the average of both rooms equals seventy degrees, not just the one spot. Well, so wait a you minute. can. How's,
0: how does it? change the oh okay so if it's uh 70 upstairs and it's 65 downstairs it's going to change the temperature upstairs to 72 to get the downstairs to 68 or something like that is that what you're saying yeah
1: so basically it will just raise the temperature in the home until the average averages out to 70 okay Um, i thought
0: maybe it would uh slant it towards where the sensor was Oh but it, if it you have
1: yeah, if you have those special HVAC systems that can yeah. do that, okay, um, but then absolutely
0: no, no. I live in California. People mock me for even having a heater. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that is uh, like the Midwest. We've got we've got all the the heaters and the and the air conditioners, and no one uh, gives a hoot. Thank goodness, because yeah, I do hear about the the shame, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how I can live without my heater and my cooler. It's so great here. Uh, oh my stars and goddess. Uh, uh no i i do very much um i like that and yeah if you there are fancy systems that can like reroute the the heating and the cooling i do not have one of those fancy systems mine just keeps running until the average temperature in the home is okay. uh is you know accurate and it just kind of goes under the assumption that once it's you know once it's seventy four downstairs, then you know some of that heat's eventually going to make its way up. It tries to do its best to to heat what needs to be heated or cool what needs to be cooled, um, and oh, yeah. I've found it to be pretty pretty good at doing that. And it, it ties into the question
0: because I've been wanting to okay. do that and I was holding off because I couldn't see how it would work.
1: Ah, yeah. So that's that's definitely how it works, and also it's got a motion sensor built in as well, so you can tie it into like. If I'm not in this room or if you don't ever sense me in my home, then it's okay to, you know, let the temperature fall of this or what have you. So there are multiple different things that tie into that, I think, are really neat. But that uh, just about wraps it up. You mentioned uh,
0: security cameras. Um, The D-Link just announced at CES the first HomeKit enabled security camera.
1: D-Link, I actually, I didn't hear about this.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's see, D-Link is available, its first HomeKit-compatible security camera, it's yes, uh, Omni 180 Cam HD, and I Um, don't believe there has been a um, HomeKit-compatible security camera yet. It's still in the coming soon category, but uh, they did announce it, and I'm I'm excited, because I'm really not interested in stuff that's not HomeKit-compatible.
1: Exactly. From a security perspective. Exactly. Yes. So um I have a, a friend of mine, uh his name's Steve Lubitz, and I do a podcast with him called Disruption, and he um works in corporate IT and does a lot of security and stuff like that. And he always is teasing me about having um, you know, home kit stuff because there, or any kind of home automation stuff. He won't ever have that. He doesn't like any of that stuff. However, I think it's really great. And yes, ultimately, um, you know, if you are a direct target, if if they're like skilled uh, hackers targeting you and you have home automation stuff, you are uh, vulnerable in that sense. But as a person who is just, you know, existing in the world who has some home automation stuff and is not, you know, the focus of anyone, there are people out there who have those, you know, four dollar IP cameras uh, who end up getting roped into botnet scams and all that kind of stuff, and they are way more vulnerable. And those are the people who are, you know, kind of being targeted rather than us over here with our far more secure um, HomeKit stuff. Because for anyone who doesn't know, basically the reason why. A, it takes a while for some products to get HomeKit enabled and why uh, there aren't as many HomeKit enabled products on the market is because Apple is very serious about uh, security uh, tied to these these home automation products. And so it requires extra, and I think it's like a full-on extra chip that's got to be built into the yeah. the device. So I, it's actually... I
0: asked a, a vendor about this uh, under the condition of anonymity because nobody wants to say anything bad about Apple, but I asked them why this was so hard because I understand there has to be a chip built in, but okay, so you had an extra 20 bucks to your price because you had to put this chip in. What what else is hard? And they told us that Apple requires a very rigorous testing process, and they send you the testing process so you go through and you check all the dot or you dot all the is and cross all the t's make sure you know how to do all the tests and when you submit it, they change the test. The test hasn't been the same as what they were given to to test against, so they have to go back and redo it and then if God forbid you happen to have started before WWDC and finish after WWDC, you have to start over. And if an operating system uh. comes out, you have to start over. And so they found that it took a very long time. They were successful in the end, but it took a long time just because of the the process, the way it's set up. Um, they did say though, that after WWDC, uh, Apple did say that they were going to get 200 new devices um, mm. uh, authorized, something on, along those lines. And, they found that the process started to go faster after that announcement. And they, they suspect that Apple applied more people to the process.
1: Ah, see, I was so wondering about seeing. that.
0: They started to fall. I started to see that was a thing at uh, at at CES is I've been used to asking people, so are you HomeKit compatible? And the answer has been, well, yeah, we're working on that. And I would know they were lying or they were trying it all or it was too hard. But now it was uh, just about everybody we asked said yes.
1: See, the August smart lock for the longest time was caught in this, um, limbo, uh, where, I mean, I would go to their Twitter account, their Twitter support account every day, and it would just be them responding to customers who were like, when are you going to get compatible with the home app? And over and over again, they would have the same response. And yes, Apple, you know, requires testing of the firmware. And that's basically what the, the responses said over and over and over and over again. So it's, uh, fascinating that, uh, you know, the test, if it changes when they're in the middle of testing, that would be very frustrating. Yeah. It'd be very frustrating. That's in the
0: no fair category.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. The August Smart Lock uh, looks like it is HomeKit compatible now. This is kind of funny. I did a, a Google search for uh, August Smart Lock and you know how it, it'll uh, offer you what the top search is mm-hmm. as you're typing. The, the next word was HomeKit.
1: Oh so my goodness! So apparently enough
0: people were were looking for it that that seemed to be a deal. It looks like uh, April they came out with the uh, HomeKit enabled version.
1: Yes, yes, and I yeah, I've had it for a while now. Um, And I had the, so it's interesting, they had it HomeKit enabled uh, to where you could actually use Siri to control the lock, but uh, the Home app, it did not yet support the Home app. And whenever um, you popped it open within the Home app, it would say uh, something along the lines of like, this device, it was, Apple's kind of like shaming the product. It's like, this device needs to be updated before it can be supported by the Home app. And so you would see people sending screen screenshots of that page and asking kind of with that same um, boiler po- boilerplate text over and over again, when are you going to get support for a home app? And that had to do with like another firmware test they had to do. They finally came out with it. And it was like a rejoiceful day where I went, I just wanted to see what their support page looked like on that day, their Twitter page. And it was just them like, check it out. It's here now. It's here now. It's here now. <laughs> right. So thrilled to no longer be sending the same message over and over again. So yeah, I i feel for those companies i'm glad that apple is um you know being rigorous in its testing uh but i also feel for the companies that are trying to create these devices and also who are then stuck with explaining to people why you know these things aren't working whenever it kind of is more to do with apple than it's it's like
0: uh talking to vendors about their uh iCloud integration I mean if you can get them to speak freely there's a lot of swear words you know it's like (laughs) yeah i'm getting one star in the app store and it's not me it's icloud i think (laughs) i think that's rolling off it has not rolled off but i think it's a lot better than it used to be but that's the same thing i can picture happening here going no we tried
1: yes yes exactly (laughs) oh man i mean there's a lot of that stuff where uh, whenever it's so, t- so closely tied to your smartphone or whatever device you happen to have and, y- you know, we know as the people that we are and uh, as part of our little, you know, uh, posse, where that kind of thing falls in line. But I think the average person goes, whatever's like right in front of their face that's malfunctioning, that's definitely the problem. That's the thing that's messing up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, so what else do you want to do with uh, with home automation
1: um, i well, I really want to just continue to uh, build out my products you know i one of the main things that i 've been testing lately as i mentioned i 've got so many different devices from different companies, and it 's interesting to see um, because of HomeKit, how they can be so closely tied together. And I think that's the most important thing is that they, they really do, um, uh, like setting
0: scenes, like dim my lights, turn on the music, light
1: candles. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Light the candles, set the mood and, uh, start the movie. Well, just, just the fact that like, even though I've got an Elgato Eve switch in one room and a Lutron Caseta switch in one room with the Home app, I can use those both, as if they're just normal devices, you know, within okay. my smart home. And so the brand doesn't necessarily matter as long as you've got those ties together. And I actually am in the process of kind of writing about that. Does it make sense to mix and match or is it better to try to buy all from one company? And um, how, how do those devices work together? How don't they work together? And also looking at like third party ties, because a lot of these devices tie in with each other outside of uh, home Kits. So uh, some devices will tie into the Nest, for example. A lot of these devices, in fact, I think every device that I have in my home also connects to Echo, and uh, you can control it there. And so that's been can an interesting. Do both?
0: I mean, can you have your Hue light bulbs talking to both Home and or HomeKit and
1: um, Echo? Yep. Sorry, yep. Amazon. Yes. Uh, and in fact, that's how, uh, I, I, whenever I first, uh, moved in to this, uh, because I, I, we just moved in here, oh, it was right before the turn of the new year. And I'm still kind of getting everything set up in terms of making sure that it's all plugged in because it does work a little bit differently. I would say it's a lot easier to, uh, set things up with HomeKit than it is with, uh, the Echo. And so you have to, kind of enter in each individual device and give it its own name and everything like that with the echo. Whereas with uh, HomeKit it seems to be a little bit more automated, but Mm -hmm. once it's in there and once it has a name, then I can ask, you know, the, the device to turn on and off my lights. And one thing that I do want to hit about, um, I, that I want to give Amazon so much props for is that Siri is still not good about like multiple requests at once. I can ask my Echo to turn on this light and turn off this light all in one command, it works. Uh-huh. Or I can ask it to turn on blank and blank. Uh, so like my the lights in my room or the lights in my living room are uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary. And, <laughs> of course, they are. Uh, I, right. So I could just ask them. Ask well, you know, you can ask to turn on a living room, but there are a few more devices in the living room. So if I just want the lights to go on, I can just say turn on Peter, Paul, and Mary, and they will all turn on. Um, and Michael and Holly are the lights that are in my office um, because the office is my absolute favorite show of all time and all of history. I just love that show. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) We're, We're actually working our way through the entire show and we're two episodes from the end.
1: Oh my goodness. We saw it
0: real time, but we're watching the whole thing again. It's really fun.
1: Well, I'm going to have to talk to you in the future because I've got a a secret project coming up that uh, involves the office. And uh, anyway, I adore that show. Michael and
0: Holly, that's that's sweet.
1: (laughs) Best love story ever. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm really excited about that that you think so too because uh, this is off topic. But I just have to say, like the Pam and Jim love story, eh. It's just it's kind of boring for me. I love Michael and Holly together. Oh, she yeah. makes him a good person, and but she's just as ridiculous as he is. But she's just as ridiculous, <laughs> and they're just adorable. And I adore her, and I wish she was my best friend. Um, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, Michael scene and
0: Holly gives me chills. Oh, I cry. I cry thinking
1: goodness. about it. <laughs> yes, like don't make me cry the right now. Seriously, <laughs> so sweet. And then they they do. Yeah, it, it's a tie back to whenever they first met each other, and they were speaking like Yoda to each other. Oh <sighs> man, I could With
0: the chair on the floor yes
1: yes oh my goodness so i've seen every episode of that show at least 10 times and that's not an exaggeration Uh so i know the trivia to the like nth of a degree and so anytime anyone's like you know that episode? I'm like, yes. You mean the one where blah 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 blah? <laughs> oh man! It's actually become a pastime for my boyfriend and I to compare situations in real life to uh, situations from the office. So we're like, that's like that episode where da 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 happened. Anywho, um, so <laughs> I yeah, I got two mics in my office about
0: that. We okay, have so Holly and, Holly and Michael are in the office.
1: Yes, and yes, and they can be controlled at once. So I just like props to Amazon for making that a possibility. Because well, I the, just Siri's like. He's been yeah.
0: traditionally bad at at stringing things together. I mean, uh, uh, Leo Laporte said the greatest thing. He said, they, they call these things personal assistants, but they've got to, you would have to have the dumbest personal assistant ever born to be as dumb as these device assistants are. Because he asked three separate, all three of them, he asked them, um, Find the next debate and put it on my calendar. Find the next presidential debate and put it on my calendar, and none of them could do it. Now, wouldn't you fire a personal assistant who couldn't crack the code on that one?
1: (laughs) Yes. uh, Yes. I would say you're not qualified for this job. Right. right. So, I mean, I I remember
0: asking Siri when's the next Laker game, and she said, uh, you know, it's at eight o'clock on Friday night on channel whatever. And I said, okay, put that on my calendar. And she said, what? you got, you, oh, you got short-term memory loss
1: what's going on here i mean even aaron from the office could do that she
0: could have done it it wouldn't be your calendar it was on when she was done but it'd be somebody else.
1: amen oh dear yes um but the yeah i think that they all could do a lot better uh, absolutely but i am impressed with uh some of the things that um amazon has nailed and i you know i continue to hope for a future where we do have a totem for siri uh that connects our various devices and the apple tv doesn't have to do it even anymore even and it's just this you know singular hub that uh has siri built into it and, you know, it's it's this thing that people kind of been talking about has been rumored for a while. I really do hope that that comes uh, to fruition because I will definitely have one of those in my home. I have um, an Apple uh, Airport Extreme running my home right now, and I I adore that device and I like the ability to be able to you know control it from the app and everything. So I hope I that, that uh, seems
0: it seems superfluous to me now that I it's connected to my Apple TV. I don't know yeah. that I want another one because I, I – I, since I grok this and I, and I don't need a totem, I, I think I'm fine. Maybe no one else will get it until they have
1: a totem. Yeah, that, that could be. You want one now. Well, yeah, I think um, if, if you we just can bring – want to it. Exactly. This is what it's about. I just want a crocheted vest for my Siri totem. <laughs> no, I, I really like the idea of uh yeah, Siri existing on its own in the way that the uh, Amazon Echo does and uh having a spot in my I also want I'm not going to lie, like I also want a, a new router from Apple that has the latest and greatest Wi-Fi technologies built into it and because I really, I really like the Amazon, I mean, the Amazon extreme, the Apple airport extreme. I like, um, you know, I've had routers in the past that have just been, pains and in the took and haven't worked, you know, in the way that I want them to. And I really do feel like the, the extreme just works. So I really don't want Apple to stop developing routers. Um, and if they come out with like a whole home Wi-Fi thing, like all of the other tech companies are doing, I will drool and I will spend all of my money on that. <laughs> and I will be happy because they would put like Siri in every room or something. Um, and then I would probably say, you know, Uh, Amazon Echo, you're pretty cool, but now Siri's in every room, so I don't have to really worry about anything (laughs) anymore. Yeah. I,
0: I, I hope your dream comes true, but I'm afraid that might be just a dream from what we know, right?
1: It's only just a dream. Mm. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I feel I feel bad, but I got a Netgear X eight, which is a, a really uh, gnarly looking thing. It's black and it's about four feet across and it's got wings and blue lights on the ends of the tips of the antennas and uh and Ooh. it's it, but I'm telling you, there the signal in my house, I mean I can fry chicken in several of these rooms. It's <laughs> it's awesome. It's really, really good. And and blows the airport extreme out of the water in uh if you've got a big home. Um really? yeah and and it's not a mesh router it's the nighthawk x8 it's got uh it's tri-band so it's got two five gigahertz antennas so it can send and receive on five gigahertz at the same time it supports moo mimo uh which we don't have yet but it (laughs) i could like to say it it's fun um but i I did some pretty detailed measurements using a tool called iperf that lets you actually measure the the speed to the router taking the internet out of the equation i think i read that cole yeah, it's 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 killer. It's killer. It's just phenomenal speed in the house now.
1: It's actually not bad looking. I pictured far more uh, alien yeah. and less. It's 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 pretty smelt. I'm I'm impressed with it.
0: Yeah, it's big though. I mean, it's the oh, size oh, of a MacBook oh. Pro, a 15 inch. Oh it is really big. I mean, you see it's it picture. picture I have a picture of it sitting on top of two Drobos, and it spans both of them with a gap between them. So it's it's oh, it's my big. Lord. Yeah, it's not a subtle device. I mean, I think it's gorgeous. It would be gorgeous in the living room, but there's a lot of uh, spouses who wouldn't. So, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to work for everybody. But uh but these new mesh routers like you were talking about, those things are those things are looking pretty good. We have an interview with uh, Luma coming up from CES and um and I'm hoping to snag a set of review units from them. It looks really fun.
1: That, yeah, I am looking forward to reading that. Or is it video?
0: It'll be video and audio when it comes out. We take forever to get our videos out because we only do like three or four a week. So And there's 28 of them. So it it could could be in June.
1: uh well i am looking forward to that whenever it does eventually come because uh yeah i think the i keep kind of you know eyeballing the mesh uh setup because i've got the the house that we live in i lived in a far smaller town home before but now we live in a full size home and the the walls are um there's a lot of uh plaster and, and not just oh. drywall oh. and so yeah, it gets to be pretty dead zoned in some areas. Um, and I ended up just I took an old AC uh, router that I had and connected it as like a Wi-Fi access point uh, specifically for one part of my home. So I kind of made my own mesh network. Uh, <laughs> Do you have wired old, Ethernet in the house? you uh, just in in places that I've run it to, so okay. I have it for my computer, like my, my uh, main office area, and so the Wi-Fi for the rest of the the home. So it's not too much of an issue until you start to kind of get in toward the garage and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I eventually would like to also add Ch- Chamberlain just came out with a. Um, finally, they updated their MyQ uh, garage door system to uh, offer HomeKit compatibility. So Ooh, I'd like kind of to add that. still kind of terrifying. Yeah. Do <laughs> you enter a in the garage
0: door? Ugh
1: that that is a it's a mixture of security by security and then also security through obscurity um, which i know is not uh, actual security but i you know i've never never run into an issue before and i have talked about it openly online and uh, no one's come to my home thank god and tried to break in but nobody knows where i live so i want to keep it that way
0: (laughs) there you go that's that sounds like the, the right way to go i do remember years ago when it turned out a lot of the garage door openers were all on the same frequency and 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 same Pattern, and you could just drive down the street and push the button and open other people's <laughs> doors. So, you know, that's that's uh, that's a good thing, right?
1: That's a nightmare, is so what that is. Oh, dear. Oh,
0: yeah. Just six days ago, Chamberlain announces MyQ products with HomeKit compatibility.
1: Yes, finally. <laughs>
0: yeah, they were probably stuck in that testing process, right?
1: They probably were. Yeah. Um, the wire cutter uh, so recommends that setup up as the best one, or at least they did, um, last time I looked. Okay. And, uh, so I've, you know, been eyeballing that and I thought, well, maybe I'll just get it even though it doesn't have home kit compatibility yet. And then I can, um, figure it out whenever it, you know, finally does take place, but then they announced it. So I'm just, uh, waiting to press the buttons, um, and, uh, review that as well. So Looking kind of just, yeah, I, uh, I try to get my hands on as much of it as possible and uh, figure out what's good and what's not. And um, I I haven't run into too much that's uh, not good yet, thank goodness, because okay. I think a lot of the times, some of these companies use the same basic uh, chips and things like that because there are a lot of um, kind of more – not discreet. Discreet is not the right, right word, but uh, – Obsc- obscure, really, isn't the right word. Anyway, it's it's vendors that are kind of detached from the consumer market um, who are selling these kind of packages that have you know the chip that Apple requires, plus your Bluetooth LE, plus your Wi-Fi, all built in. And so these vendors like Elgato and and iDevices can you know buy those and put them into whatever devices it is they're make they are making, and it makes it easier uh, to kind of hit the ground running with. Your smart home products. So that's cool. Uh, yeah.
0: It looks like the MyQ also uh, for the garage door opener has has two methods of getting HomeKit. One is to add the whole thing uh, that you didn't have before, but if you already have uh, MyQ control, you can add HomeKit compatibility. So that's kind of nice.
1: Yeah. Which is always super, super, super nice that, you know, you're not required to buy the whole doggone motor and, and contraption and everything like that. Uh, you can just use it with, um, it's got like, basically it works as like a tiny garage door remote itself. And so, um, you know, there's one part of the device that connects to your network. And then whenever you hit the the thing on your phone, it says, Oh, I just felt you hit the thing on the phone. And then it kind of sends a signal to this little, device that works like its own little garage door remote but oh. then pings your garage door engine and says hey open up now and okay. then it brings open your door so it's pretty clever and yeah. it's far simpler than having to um to worry about uh you know to worry about all that stuff
0: yeah you don't want to have to be wiring stuff up and everything this looks pretty easy all right. Yes. Well, I promised I'd only keep you for about forty minutes, and it's at fifty minutes. So, out of the twenty-eight places you are on the internet, is there anything particular <laughs> you'd like to plug of how people can follow you, um, where they should start?
1: Yeah, if you want to get in touch with me, the best place to head is over to Twitter. Uh, that's where I'm the most active. You can also check out my work at Imore. And uh, if you like Chihuahuas and you like coffee, go to Chihuahua.Coffee. Yes, that is a real uh, website. It is a website that redirects to my Instagram page. Um, (laughs) Renee Ritchie at iMore gave me the idea, so I went to Hover and bought Chihuahua.Coffee, and that belongs to me now. (laughs) (laughs) And on Twitter, you
0: are Micah Sargent, M-I-K-A-H-S-A-R-G-E-N-T.
1: NT. Absolutely.
0: Very good. All right. Thank you so much, Micah. This was a blast.
1: Yes, it's such a pleasure to talk to you outside of Clockwise, where we've got a little bit more than 30 minutes to chat, eh?
0: Yeah, no restrictions (laughs) here. Uh, And next time we're going to argue about VR or maybe agree about VR.
1: Yeah, you know, there will be some agreements and some disagreements because uh, I've certainly got some, some thoughts to bring to the table on where it can work outside of gaming. So we'll have to do that in the future.
0: Great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Micah. Absolutely. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. We are now supported by Patreon. So if you go over to potfee.com slash Patreon, you can pledge your support to the show in weekly installments. If you don't have money to spare, I understand that. And it would be great if you used our Amazon affiliate links when you buy things on Amazon anyway, and a little bit of money goes to help the show. I love feedback. So please send me email at allison at podfeed.com. And you can join in our Facebook group over at com slash Facebook and our community at com slash Google+. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.